back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm Megan Coleman from MASH Minute. And I'm Tierney Steele, also of MASH Minute, and unfortunately for my social life, many, many other shows. And with us today is a special guest who gets dragged onto all my shows eventually. Please welcome Chris Callahan. Hello, thanks for having me. Chris does not have a podcast of his own, but he did introduce me to it, and I've seen his podcatcher, and it is a frightening, very full sight. (laughs) I have a lot of things going on. I jump in and out of stuff, but it's a very weird place to be. I don't understand how you don't go insane having that many shows. But I digress. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about minute 46 of the best years of our lives. Good. So I got to start with an admission as I keep rewatching this. As Fred gets out of the car, he's saying, you know, a very good evening to you, Peggy. I feel like he's doing an impression. And in 1946, we in the audience might have gotten who this is supposed to be. But I did not. (laughs) Some kind of. Austrian, well, I mean, this doesn't seem right for World War II, but some kind of like Austrian, German, like that part of central Germany kind of accent, maybe. I was thinking maybe a little French, but I wasn't oh, sure maybe. if he was trying to be someone specific, but it's it was hard to tell exactly, yeah. He's trying to be fancier than what he really is, is really yes. what it boils down to, right? And he was in Europe, and so I get that, but like, at, just as I was rewatching it, I was really struck by like, he's doing a bit. Yeah. Is he doing a bit he has made up in his mind because he's drunk and they are laughing because he has made up a bit? Or are they laughing because they get the reference and we don't? (laughs) My confession is now, when we watched the movie, when you were getting ready for this, I had actually fallen asleep because we have a toddler, things are happening. (laughs) And so I woke up, thank you, I woke up after this minute was on. So I wasn't sure, is this the only time he breaks out that impression? Yes. Okay, so. It's not like he was doing this the whole movie and then he stopped when he got the job and and the grocers and you woke up. (laughs) Or it wasn't like some gag he was doing all night at the bars either, right? It's like a callback. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. not, yeah. no, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Well, it's that he's drunk. So yeah, it did come out of nowhere. It works. Yeah. Your son was very entertained by Al drunk asleep in the backseat. Okay. His uh, dancing yeah. and musical requests. That went over big. Excellent. <laughs> While you took a nap. <laughs> the, the only thing you really missed from last week that might come up during this recording is Megan and Mai's not fandom for Peggy's hat. Yeah. Looking at it from this, yeah, it's... Boy, it's... it's- Extra sparkly this minute. <laughs> kind of, there's, a, there's a lot too much going on with it. I'd exactly. Say. It's, uh, there, it can't yeah. decide. Pick pick one yeah. fashion feature and then go with it. Don't waffle, right? Just don't waffle. <laughs> it's leaning into like fascinator territory. Like too much on your head. It's just okay, Tierney. This might be an unpopular opinion, but the royals at the Kate and Will wore a wedding had better crazy insane fascinators than Peggy's hat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wasn't it a cousin who had the I craziest think you can, hair? Eugene Beatrice had, in typical York's fashion, had the craziest hats, but yes. 
The Yorks know how to dress to impress. Now, impress like in a good way or in a you'll never forget it way, that's up to the individual viewing them. Yes. I cannot insult a fascinator because I have many themed Christmas headbands. True. (laughs) Like very (laughs) elaborate, fancy, special ones. But by the time this airs, Christmas will be over and everyone will have moved on. To our spring fascinators. People might be feeling a little bit like Al in the backseat. Oh, Chris, you should probably also know that we're not really fans of the guys in this film. Yeah, that's it. For for the parts (laughs) I watched, I could see there's some questionable actions taken, I would say. (laughs) They make a lot of decisions that are not in their best interest. And it annoys us. True. Yeah. <laughs> they come around in the end. They do. I'll, but uh, I'll give them that. Takes a while to get there. Yes. Well, I can't cast any stones. Last week, I talked about maybe relating a little bit too much to Drunk Al, who people would say completely reasonable things like, I have to go home now. And you would go, why? <laughs> and like, I just closed my eyes as I said it. Those are things that can only be said with your eyes closed. My favorite is when a friend was like, are you sure you're okay? And I was like... I'm absolutely fine. I don't know what you're talking about. And he said, all right, now say that without having to close your eyes to say it, and I'll believe you. (laughs) Yeah, that walk, when Fred is walking up the stairs, Dana Andrews is doing a really good job of the drunk trying to not be drunk. I was very impressed this whole, is the physical comedy in this minute. And this also, just to go back to Al quickly, he has a great motion where he taps his hand on the mother's hand when he's just like leaning back there. Just good little moments there. But yeah, the whole, yeah, the walk up and the buttons. The head, oh, the head hit. Oh, hurts to watch. Ouch. And I I like Millie's reaction to it. (laughs) She's like, and she holds that a long time. That like the entire rest of the interaction, she's just like, you... You just hit your head real hard for the second time. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I love his, because it's not like he's staggering. He's not like weaving, but he's just enough. Like he's holding himself together barely to make it to the door. Mm -hmm. And then I really appreciated the character development, the show don't tellness of Peggy being like, okay, well, we dropped him off. I guess I'll go home now. Millie being like, wait, wait a minute. I have seen this before. (laughs) Not end well. (laughs) Let's just make sure everything's okay. He goes to the door, which doesn't make any sense because I've lived in an apartment building like this and that door be locked. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you need some kind of key or something, right? Yeah. You get a key for the front door and then a key for your apartment. So I think that's kind of clue number one. Because we never see him grab a key, go for a key in a pocket or anything like that. No, no. And he wouldn't (laughs) have had a chance to. And then he goes over to the doorbell, which is what he would have started for. But I would like to thank Fred for taking this moment with the door so that I could someday be on a Movies by Minutes podcast and point out something that you would never notice watching this movie through. Why are there multiple no vacancy signs on the door? Yes. Oh, there's there's one near the bottom of the door, right? Yup. <laughs> like, like, a, like, what I always call that, like, the post office kind of lettering. You know, when you see it on a mailbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, no soliciting yeah, kind of thing, except it does say no vacancy. I looked at it specifically because I was like, the big one says no vacancy. And then it's like, that's the second no vacancy one. I was like, now, wait a minute. Could be a no soliciting. Let me look. Nope. And so, no. There are two no vacancy stickers on the door. And why is it down at the very bottom of the door, by the way? That's not helpful. 
is this a Snoopy no dogs allowed thing? Like, I don't, it seems a little overkill. I get that it's post-war and I wonder if it is supposed to be like, oh, look how short housing is. Perhaps that will play into the end of the movie. Mm. How could you build all these houses you need? (laughs) Question mark. But I don't think this was the way to do that if that's what William Wyler was going for. I'm pretty sure it was too subtle for anyone other than podcasters in the 21st century to pick up on. But yes, then he goes over, he rings the doorbell, which is how you get in to a building like this, a buzzer. Kudos mm-hmm. on him. He knows which one, like, he's able to get what we assume is the correct buzzer. But then, then it all goes south for mm. poor Fred. There's again another example of great timing where he doesn't immediately fall down. It takes a moment, takes a beat, and then... Yeah. He is asleep. Like, that yeah. moment of him against the wall is him falling asleep. Yeah. Like, you know what? <laughs> Call it a night. Tried our best. <laughs> What really does it for me is him trying to push the buzzer button, yes. but he's down on the ground. Yeah, keeps going. He's determined. <laughs> I don't know what it says about me that that was the moment that I was like, oh, well, this is the minute we should have Chris on for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my younger days. Trying to open the doors. Oh, so one thing that I believe I've mentioned before on my podcast, I know it's come up talking to other podcasters, is that you do not drink. Yes. You just never have dr- drunk. Yeah, it's... And it's not a thing. No, it's just I never... You can tell you... I don't know if you've ever... We've watched, but I've had people watched yeah. um, read the Scott Pilgrim series and his reaction to beer. <laughs> my same, just like, ew. I just have never quite gotten the taste of alcohol. Like, I have no judgment if people mm-hmm. want to drink. That's fine. I like to hang out. But, but yeah, never got in. I've been, not, I wouldn't say to Fred's level once, but I was with cousins many years ago and I was pressured to drink along with them. And I think it just makes my emotions more heightened. <laughs> And uh, concerned. What I love is that apparently there is an alcohol somewhere on this earth (laughs) that you will drink enough to get drunk of. But because everyone was drunk, no one remembers what it is. Yeah, it was. uh... And folks at home, oh, believe me, I've made him take a sip of pretty much everything at this point. Just to see if maybe this was the magical elixir that you liked. No, I remember meeting you. We were in grad school. You had many very polite one Stella Artois for an entire evening out among friends. (laughs) But I bring that up because you were very often the Peggy. Mm. You were very often (laughs) the only one not drinking who then somehow became in charge of the drunk people (laughs) (laughs) as the evenings went on. I say this having been one of those people many times, but even in college, too. I know all the college stories end with, and then Chris came home. (laughs) And then other times I've been, I remember coming back, I was at, I went to a friend's party. It was a, it was a pep band party. So just picture that. And I remember I was with a... They know terrible lyrics to my alma mater's fight song. I was not impressed. (laughs) Yes. I remember with uh, my roommate, we were both hanging out and one of our friends accidentally smashed a window. So they ever described, (gasps) okay, at this point he should go home. So (laughs) we were in charge of getting him back. And so we were sort of on either side of him. And he started talking about Girl Scout cookies. We're like, yeah, yeah, Girl Scout cookies. And then... (laughs) We sort of timed it quite a quickly rush past where the RA was sitting, <laughs> snuck him back in. He was fine. But yeah, so does it. I don't mind, you know, hanging out. It's good, interesting to talk to people who've had a lot going on. And- <laughs> 
their comedic timing sometimes good yes. sometimes not yes. it just depends Brad on the really evening got it down. yeah <laughs> But yes, and the, the the resignation when Millie's like, all right, let's go get, you know. <laughs> yeah. Actually, speaking of the holidays, it kind of, now that I've just said that, it reminded me of uh, in A Christmas Story when the parents send the kids up to bed so Santa can come. Yes! And they're like listening to them on the stairs and they listen to the doors like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and we're dead. But yes, I just, the like kind of resignation of the girls getting out of the car. <laughs> and we'll like our we'll job is not done there. yet <laughs> okay yep. we thought we were done we thought we're done we are not we're not all right i guess we could save some fashion talk for tomorrow it starts because we see them both walking up the steps and it's just other than peggy's hat glinting in the streetlights <laughs> uh pure drool on my part <laughs> i mean in peggy's hat's defense you can't really lose her if you're drunk. You just have to look for the shiny, right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. I would like to say I'm paused on second 56, 55, 56. You can see the seam, Peggy's stocking. Oh. Speaking of things that oh, you can yes. see because of the street light. Bit. So there yeah. is that. Yeah. Well, that was very common then. So, yeah. Or not, depending if you didn't, you, they would, if you didn't have nylons, they would, or stockings, they would take an eyeliner pencil and draw it up the back of your calf to imitate it. And then you could kind of like, depending on what powder you had, maybe buff your legs a little yep. bit so they were a little bit shiny. Yep. Yeah. Like makeup. Thanks for a board too. <laughs> <laughs> These are things that are useful. I'm just looking at, yep, they are both wearing gloves, of course. <laughs> So yeah, this is the full ensemble. But that that silhouette with their coats is basically what I was brought up fashionably to worship. (laughs) Infamously, the styles had changed, obviously, by the time we were doing this. But my grandmother, for living in the suburbs of Connecticut, and but she loved New York City. She had a subscription to Vogue. And eventually, I became old enough to get my own subscription to Vogue. And I lived across the street from her. And when they got delivered, I would run across the street and we'd go through them together oh um we we tipped our mailman very well because we were probably the only neighborhood in norwalk connecticut that had to worry about tipping for the september vogue deliveries (laughs) which in manhattan are a special delivery at least they were they would send out like it would be an extra postal route when the September Vogues come out. Those are the super wow. thick ones. Oh, it's yes. the fashion Bible of the year. Yes. Now, do we know, did they, they just said, did they nor, do, you do a normal release of that in 2020? Do we know? I think they did. They did? Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. probably. I don't think it was quite as thick as the previous year, but it was still pretty thick. Because it did come okay. in the library. It was still enough. Yeah. It was still like, yeah. oh yeah, that's Vogue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember going through, and I, and we would go through them, and the thing was, she was in her 70s at this point and she was like yeah some of this is not for me but she taught me one of the best lessons that applies not just to fashion but to life which is it is as important to know what you don't like as what you do so Mm. even if you're looking through a vogue and like nothing that month is doing it for you that's still useful information for your brain to store away like oh i don't like that look (laughs) this the silhouette with peggy's coat and then the skirt suit that millie's rocking it's just from behind it's really doing it now tomorrow we're gonna there's just so many ruffles on millie's blouse (laughs) that is a tale for another time right now they are just working on getting fred out of the corner which kudos on them 
Yeah. How easy would it have been to leave him sleeping in that corner? Yeah, it was good to think. And just a side note, looking here, too, I do like the tiling on those steps there. There is a lot going to do with Grandview Arms. Yeah, hey. (laughs) There's brick, there's tile, there's multiple. I do like the tile on the the Yeah, it's got facing. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, does not scream the corn belt to me, but Mm. that's all right. (laughs) I don't know, and and this is probably my own bias, that tiling on the rise of a step has always felt very Southwestern to me. Like if there's any pattern there? Yeah, like, like Texas West would have steps like that. And, you know, New England does not. (laughs) Well, we're too, you know, cheap. Very boring. (laughs) We're very boring little pilgrims. Puritanical We we don't put decorative tile on the rise of our stairs. You say that, Chris, but the Puritans weren't as puritanical as we think they were in many respects. Hey. Hey. Do you know what a Puritan is? It's someone who is desperately afraid that someone somewhere is having fun. (laughs) (laughs) Quick shout out to the Puritan Back Room, a great restaurant in Manchester, New Hampshire. <laughs> when I was little, I called it the Puritan. Didn't quite know how to pronounce it. Puritan. They have good ice cream. Just popped in my head. Look it up. <laughs> um, oh, I did look up the Vogue page counts for the September. Ah. Because I was curious. 2019 with the ads had 596 pages. Ah. So like two okay. novels, right? And then the 2020 <laughs> issue, including the ads, was only 316. But they had 26 wow. different covers. Oh. Oh, that's right. Okay. okay, I do remember September now. For this so year. it was only a novel instead of two. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I always love because you would see people complaining like, I can't believe this. It's mostly ads. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That's like the point, that's guys. That's like the point. It's like every it's fashion freaking magazine. fashion house wants you to buy their stuff and they know this is the issue and so they buy ads. <laughs> that's how a magazine funds itself. I just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just started doing like the scary fingers like woo. <laughs> <laughs> Capitalism. <laughs> Capitalism works this way. Fashion's a horrible. It's horrible for the environment, but I love it anyway. Yay! Well, this is why it's so good to study forties fashion because you have a lot of reduce, reuse, recycle going on, but make it fashion. But make it fashion. <laughs> well, and to be fair, they probably was more. They weren't probably weren't quite so worried about climate change as we are. So you know, go polyester. Um, <laughs> By the time this airs, we might know the answer to something I posted today to Megan, which was, in 2021, let's get really into hiking together. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a fun hobby to have? And I started looking it up and it's all like, make sure you have like non-cotton layers and non-cotton socks. And I'm like, oh, so you mean all the stuff I just got rid of <laughs> because I couldn't stand the plastic and fabric stuff. But it doesn't mean you have to get polyester. Like, I think, is it Tencel's made out of bamboo? Boo. And oh. so, probably. I think it's Tencel. And then, I know I've seen Tencel and stuff from like, like Patagonia. I so, think that would make sense. Yeah. Like, and then there's like an other one that's like a blend of bamboo. And I think it's cotton, but it tends to be recycled cotton. So it's, you know, it's like not as bad for the environment as you might think. Yeah. That's true. It's not like cotton's good for the environment. It's not. <laughs> gr- I mean, I love cotton, but it's not good for the environment from a water perspective. Oh, no. <laughs> it's very bad. I think I think we're good, guys. We are almost done with the Grandview Arms. Hey. Hey. Good job. What? Crazy, I know. So, it's not a spoiler. They're not going to leave him here. They're going <laughs> to take care of him. It's going to be all right. Yes. 
So we will reconvene next minute to see that. Chris, would you like to promote any of my podcast? No, just oh. <laughs> Where do I begin? That's <laughs> like, hey. You've gotten pulled into quite a bit of tech prep lately, so oh. I feel like you should be start getting like credits on these things. Hey, take it. Well, again, I'm always impressed with your new podcast and new angles on things. Keep working hard at that with OneSteelSister.com. Eh? Hey. Yeah, I got a great compliment from my co-host on uh, This Means Something, which is a Movies by Minute I'm doing with Chris Frain about Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And we pulled the movie and cut up into minute clips and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, thank you so much for all your work in this. And I was like, no problem, especially since I made Chris do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy to help. It's good to see the process. I'd never seen that movie either before, so it was fun to... I like showing, and at least I did it this time. I did not show you the shining i showed you room 237 oh i remember yeah watching that documentary first in my defense i did not realize until after the documentary had begun that i was the only one in the room who had seen the (laughs) shining before oh so does that like make the movie different then well i still haven't seen the shining all the way through it's a most horror things i'm okay to just read the wikipedia read some analysis of it but uh yeah the the documentary i will recommend because it's all kinds it's pretty nuts but it's like well this is why it's the moon landing and native american apologies and xyz it's like oh okay but interesting yeah i think it like ended and i turn it's like so what do you think and you're like well we haven't seen the movie so <laughs> no idea and i'm like i'm sorry what now you know they filmed didn't they film some of that at the mount washington resort Ooh, i don't know if they filmed it i know it was was it a based a little bit on or maybe it was based resort? i don't yeah. know i just remember the last time my husband and i went there i was slightly drunk at this point and being like oh my gosh is this where they filmed the shining like and started to like go into a minute by minute like analysis of like well this could be this and this could be this and my husband <laughs> just looking at me like dear Uh-oh. lord no you're not no not here not here not now <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Like, no, no. You have a time like, and a place we need to for go this. back to the room. No, no, no. Like, we need to go. <laughs> That's how you know you're a minute by minute podcaster is when you start yeah. getting drunk and you start being like, but wait. <laughs> well, if you want to hear more of Megan's minute by minute analysis, you can check out Mash Minute. There are episodes not only with Chris, our guest from today, but also with Mike of Megan, please stop discussing this here yeah. <laughs> fame. <laughs> Some fun discussions there. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good guy. Mash is a good guy. So that's at mashminute.com and wherever you find podcasts. <laughs> I, it always seems a little weird. So yeah, I just point people to the website. But Megan, if they want more of the best years of our lives, what should they do other than come back tomorrow? Well, I mean, yeah, so do whatever you did today. But um, you can also find the Best Minute Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play or at the main site, thebestminutes.com. And if social media is your thing um, on facebook you can go to butch's place the best years of our lives listeners cafe or if the tweets as my dad calls it for twitter look for them at at the best minutes share your thoughts tell me if you think i'm crazy it's fine i get it we're used to it i'm used to it <laughs> you don't scare us world <laughs> you don't scare us world Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.